Last time that I checked, it was five chains on my neck. It was no smut on my rep. Last time that I checked, I was selling songs in the set. Oh. Quarter mil, no sweat. Last time that I checked. Good afternoon. We are back again with another great podcast from New York City. It is the third rotation. We are minus Fred today, so all the comical joy will be gone for today's podcast, but we do have the regulars plus a special guest, the one and only, Donald. Don. The nose knows. You just said your name. You're just trying to introduce yourself. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what I was doing. Sorry, I got really excited. Here. We're the Warriors without KD today. Wow. You don't even introduce yourself, Fred? Wow. But it's Rick on the line. <laughs> I mean, he's got great energy. I don't know. I don't know if we can survive without him. Well, we'll see at the end of the podcast what we can do, but let's uh, start off from the top here. The Warriors are better without KD. All right, we'll try. Well, you want to start there? I was going to say, you think anyone's going to beat the Warriors? I don't think they beat the Bucks without KD. Bucks Warriors, without KD, Bucks win. But have they looked better without KD so far? Yeah, I think so. Definitely looking better without KD. Uh, allows Curry to get the ball more, have more shooting opportunities, definitely. Really exposed the defense both games so far, I would definitely say. But I, was I think say, it highlights Draymond Green. Draymond Green definitely took a step back when KD came in, and now that now that KD's gone, Draymond Green is just showing how Draymond good he is. Green. Yeah, Draymond Green fan over here. Because Steph was playing bad after he got his injury and was the first or second round. Is it him just becoming healthier? That's helping him because he looks like his old self. Again, even when KD was playing last year, Steph had these games. So is it just Steph getting healthier, or is it just the game's opener, opener, wider, open? You know? Combination. That and he's touching the ball more, more in rhythm. He's playing smaller guards. Opens up more room on the court, I think. That pick and roll has been open all series, open shots made by both that defense. Um, I do think something to think about, though, is how much Iguodala is getting some time for with KD being out, that defensive play at the end of the game. Um, huge opportunity, obviously, yeah. there. So. Was, it, was it? No. He got all Bad ball. camera angle. I couldn't tell. He got all ball. Didn't even... NBA review it and say it wasn't a foul? Yeah. It, it, honestly, it looked I couldn't tell from clean. the camera angle. It was I a saw. tough shot anyway. He, he was shooting yeah. a fadeaway three-pointer. You got to... Although, you guys would call it on me. I don't know. Well, you're just a well, hacker in general. <laughs> I think we remember that it would all defensive play but, right so, on LeBron. So you think this is them preparing for life without KD? And I was actually talking about this with someone. What if you replaced KD's money that he would have gotten with the Warriors next year, replaced it with Middleton and a couple more role players? Do you think that would be better for the long term for the Warriors, getting a guy like Middleton, 3 and D, and a couple more bench guys, and just let Steph and Clay do their thing the entire time? So you're saying Middleton plays the three for them? Yeah, and then use that extra money, because you probably don't have to give Middleton the same money as KD. Well, you have to pay Clay this year, too. So you pay Clay, you pay Middleton. I don't think Middleton's leaving. After he, making the finals, I don't think he's leaving. What if they I offer... Made the finals yet. Yeah, that's true. They so. made the finals. That's nah, a sweep in general. But let's, let's get off a little Warriors here topic. Do you think... How bad do you think the Rockets blew that chance to make it to a finals this year? I think Mike D'Antoni just didn't even realize without KD how different the Warriors were going to be and didn't even try to change up the game plan. I think we all know, watching the Rockets, how far they got live and die by the three. Um, I don't think they played inside enough with their game, even though they are a team that plays that way. They needed more Nene and uh, Capella action down low, especially with KD being out. 
That is one thing you did harp on, Dom. <laughs> I think it was game three or four, and you were like, why are they shooting so many threes? I mean, that's the offense they live or die by. Game seven last year, they missed, what, 27, 27 threes maybe. or something like that? That's yeah, crazy. The most threes in a game, most attempts in a game, most attempts in a season. But you live or die by. you. James Harden, one of the best players of all time, really scoring-wise. He could have an off game. And once that happens, it's over. And you decide to have that in Game 7. You just can't play like that when you have to play such a high level of defense for all 48 minutes because that's just going to tire your legs out. You can't shoot like that. You can't play like that in the playoffs. It's a long series, too. They, they yeah. They, yeah, Mike they D'Antoni game, got really lazy not them. even game planning for Warriors minus KD. But isn't that classic D'Antoni, though? See it every year with him, wherever he goes. Has a very good team, high scoring. They kind of just get worn out. At the end of the season, James Harden, it happened last year. It looked like he got really tired. And, and the news was he was just saying, let's not lose the series at home. That's what he was kind of, the vibe he was giving off. And once you, once you do that, you already lost. So You lose it to the Warriors with It's definitely KD. all on Mike D'Antoni, I think. Now, Chris Paul. Let's, I'm not a huge Chris Paul fan. I don't, I don't know if many people are. That $39 million cap hit he gets next year and probably I think the year after is too. That's a really, really bad contract, if I'm going to be honest. I don't know. You guys feel the same way, but... Not worth it. Is he worth all that money at this age? He played 58 games in the regular season the past two years. It might be a worse contract than John Walls. Wow. I'm surprised he's not making enough money from State Farm that he isn't going to restructure <laughs> his contract or something. Yo, is that worse than the Osweiler dude in you know, yeah, Houston? All those accidents, you know how many planes he has But worse though, <laughs> worst Houston contract, the Osweiler deal the or Chris Paul's deal? Definitely Chris Paul's deal out of that. He is way too injury prone. Um, and like I said, it's just not, it wasn't the deal that would make the team. There's, there's no way they're going to be able to succeed with a player like that. I think a 39, 39 million cap hit being injured, like you said, only played 58 regular season games. Like we don't, we're not going to be able to survive that way. That's the kind of mentality they should have. I don't. People gotta stop trusting these injury prone players. It's a lot of money though for a starting point guard. That how old is he? This is going to be a. I want to say 34. 34 years old. You're giving him 39 Ooh. million dollars. That's way too much money, especially when you're also paying Capella Max and Harden Max. You just can't pay anyone else. You got to get younger somewhere around the wing areas. They were hurt by not being able to sign Ariza this year. I'm wondering how long Eric Gordon stays because he he is way more valuable than. Do you think they use him? Do you think anyone would trade for Chris Paul at all? Any team out there needs a point guard to kind of get them over that edge. I don't I don't know if he's a get someone over the edge player right now. It would be a Knicks move. But I don't see it. No, nah, Knicks Knicks have a lot of money to go elsewhere with younger, better point guard, honestly. He might just be like a we'll take the cap hit for this year type of player, but <laughs> that's see what he does. That's tough. So we're gonna switch over to the Bucks, the Eastern Conference side. We're going to suspect this is maybe premature, um, giving the Bucks the Eastern Conference championship already. But the way it's been looking, they, they look super tired. So 
just Brogdon coming back, I, he is so undervalued. He is incredible on defense, great decisions on offense. He's just such an ad, undervalued piece of that team. Him coming back for this series, very big. Now, what do you think the X factor is in the series, Dom? Uh, definitely X factor in this series is uh, Lopez having him out there on the three-point line. Um, you'll see so many times when that big guy comes out to defend him, he hits him with the pump fake, drives right to the hoop. Um, a factor of that is Lopez is a great passer, too. He can drive to the hole, kick it back out. We all know Giannis has struggles from three, but give him enough open shots, he can actually hit those. Uh, Giannis and Lopez uh, combination right there, a little kick out to Middleton, or just a simple drive to the hoop by Lopez is definitely going to be the X factor in that series. Um, I don't think the Warriors have a big man to cover Lopez. And he's going to have some big, big, big games, probably about 15 points uh, each game, I would say. Mm-hmm. Maybe was, under 10 points. I was going to say, would they put Draymond on him? Like, who would cover Lopez? Lopez? Yeah. Now you put Looney on Lopez. Looney he's can move big. around. I think Lopez. I mean, but you put him outside. You, you make him cover him outside, and then you kind of do a team effort on anyone getting into the paint. Lopez would get. Uh, Draymond Green probably in foul trouble, backing him down into the hole. But Lopez doesn't yeah. play like that anymore, though. He doesn't bring anyone to the post, he, really. He had he had a couple post spin moves in the first game against the Raptors that was that were kind of surprising. You can still play the post if you decide to play the small. Because it's going to be Curry Brogdon probably. I think it's going to be Clay and Middleton. Unless they play a two guard with like Bledsoe, Brogdon. Or... Yeah, I think I think they put Bledsoe on Curry, Brogdon on Clay, and then put Middleton. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of it depends if KD plays. You put Curry on Lopez. Oh, it, it depends if uh, KD plays. <laughs> they might have to do like some weird zone if KD plays. No, nah, would you you would put Giannis on KD? You you basically get him because Giannis would be able to guard him. Not Middleton. I mean, you could. You could do both, honestly. The advantage you have that advantage, the yeah. The Bucks do have two players that could be on KD. You will definitely get the same type of work ethic out of Milton and yeah. uh, Giannis covering KD. The other way around, though, the Warriors don't have two defenders to cover those two, just as Giannis and Middleton can both cover I mean, KD. You, you put Draymond on, on Giannis and then give him some help in the in the I'll paint. say Billy of Sova on KD. That is true. Healthy. That is true. That's yeah. I was gonna say you could Very probably put point. Middleton on Clay too if they wanted to do like a, a Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, Brook Lopez, Ilya Silva, or Miritich too, because that lineup is would kill it from three. But it it'll be. I think it'll be a super good series. It might be probably the. I think the Bucks have it this year. I don't know unless the Bucks are too big. Yeah, they're too they're too deep. They're, they're too, too big. They can shoot threes. They space out the floor. It's. I think it's their year. Really? What do you say? Bucks in six. Bucks in seven. I think six at most. Five. I think though this could be like a, a huge. Depends, KD. If KD comes back, Bucks in six. If KD doesn't come back, I think it might be a sweep in the finals. If KD That's doesn't come wild back. Wild to effort. But um, I think the Warriors will be able to run more. You think they could outrun? But the thing is with the Bucks too. It's like Houston. If I mean, they KD's not threes, playing. If Katie's not playing, you don't start Brooke Lopez, I don't think. Why? They probably play to help run them. If to keep up with the pace of the Warriors. 
Nah, if KD's not playing, nah, you got to start. Know if KD was in, yeah, no, they're gonna keep Lopez in, no matter who starts in that rotation. But you don't think like the Bucks can pull like a Houston and just have a couple bad games where they go like nine of thirty from three or or six of twenty nine from three, where it's just you're get outscored by the Warriors. Even on a bad day, the Warriors could put up like a buck ten, buck fifteen. I think the Bucks play more balanced offense as opposed to Houston. Houston, like we said before, was live or die by three. Um, I think the Bucks have the advantage of being able to switch up their game plan and opportunities. They do have the three-point shooters, which you said, but they do have the drive game by Giannis, but they also do have uh, the post-up option um, playing down low as well. Yeah, I think it helps them, too, that their biggest score and best player isn't three-point heavy. It's, it's get to the post. As, as Giannis get to the post or Giannis get to the line, Giannis get in the paint and kick it out to like a Middleton or, or Miritich. No, Monroe was on was on the Sixers. Sixers. <laughs> he was on like. 40 he was on the Celtics. He was on the yeah, Nets. Was on he was on the six. I think he was. I think he was on the Bucks like two years ago. Jason Kidd's still on the Bucks. <laughs> Jason Kidd might be an assistant for the Lakers. <laughs> but um, all right, let's or get off that. So we can go around since we probably won't have a podcast until after the finals. Cole prediction. For the finals, I'm still hopeful that the Blazers come back. Wow. Down 2 uh, Wow. Ouch. Honestly, they should have had wow. game two. They were up eight with like they played two thirty. And they played home. And they're going home. When these two Katie's not playing too. Series. Oh they, they play tonight, right? Yeah. Well this is gonna Dom Mr. Big Nose Gambler Pisano <sighs> with the bet of the century. Who is your finals pick? I'm going um Going Bucks, going Bucks in six. Um, MVP, MVP of the series, Giannis. Six games, doesn't matter if KD's there or not. Wow, and they have home court too. They have the best record in the league. Wow, oh, that's huge. I forgot about that. If KD's not there. I'm uh, calling it Bucks are sweeping the Warriors. If KD is not playing in the finals, Bucks if he is playing, Bucks in six. Uh, MVP, Giannis. Wow. Um, I'm going to go Warriors. Warriors in seven. MVP will be Steph Curry. For the first time, right? He hasn't been an MVP? Or was he the... No, because it was Iguodala. Yeah. And then it was KD the last... Two times. Two times. So this could be... I think it's his year. If he keeps playing the way he does with the Blazers, ain't no one on that team stopping him. You're not... Bledsoe's not going to guard him. Brogdon, I won't be able to guard Brogdon him. Brogdon can guard him. No. Bledsoe can guard him just because he can keep up with him, I think. On... Bledsoe's it's just bulldog. you can he throw so many crap. different bodies at him that no one's gonna get too tired. Whereas like uh, the Trailblazers, it's Lillard and McCollum following following Clay and Step around the court. But with with the Bucks, like they can throw so many different bodies at them, keep everyone fresh. All right, so we're gonna stay in the East here. Um, we're gonna talk about the team that made some huge trades in the middle of the season to get two All Stars. Their names are the Philadelphia 76ers. They honestly probably had the best starting lineup in the East, if not the entire NBA. And they lost to the Kawhi Leonard's, the Raptors, basically. And Cole, what what happened to this team? I would like to highlight to be that first statement of one of the best lineups in the NBA. Why? I don't think so. Ben Simmons is super average. Jared Dudley. No, keep, keep going, because you, 
That lineup is very good, though. You can't I, say it's not. I was a big Tobias Harris fan in the beginning of the year, but I don't know if it was him being on the Clippers and them not having as much firepower that maybe made him look better. But he did not play well with with uh, the rest of the Sixers starting cast. Is it not playing well or just not getting enough shots? Same, same thing. I'm just going to say that if the Nets had a power forward... Is he a power forward, though? Game. I'm saying if the uh, Nets had a power forward, they could have beat the Sixers. I honestly think this, this might be a laughable statement, but the Ed Davis injury was was huge. Yeah, it was. We didn't have someone with the body with the need, or it was quick enough to say the bias. Jared Allen just couldn't do that in Delphi's. But a team of Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, a sharpshooter like Reddick, and a good passer were Cole with Ben Simmons... How does that not beat a Raptors team that has a Kyle Lowry who can't play in the playoffs ever, Ibaka, Old Man Gasol, and just Kawhi Leonard just averaging 35 that series? How do you not double them? How do you not stop a single player from beating you for an entire series? They look like they didn't want to play at times. Is this a case of they want their coach to be fired? I don't think it's that. I think it's just... They're uh, they're very moody little children, and if they're not playing to the style of, that they want to, they just stop caring. Or they like Ben Simmons doesn't finish plays on defense. I think just to piggyback off of both statements that are being made, um, obviously really good starting look at, uh, rotation when you look at the players that are there. My thought process towards the entire series is: what if you actually swapped up the starting rotation? Um, the amount of players that they have, Tobias Harris, J.J. Redick, uh, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, like obviously Embiid, what if they all didn't start? What if we took J.J. off the bench? What if they took someone off the bench to try and incorporate that six man when that second rotation for Toronto was able to really jump all over them because everyone in that first rotation just wanted the ball. But they playing they the won't play. But the, do that. the thing is with that is I, I – kind of agree with what you're getting with, and I feel like that's a Brett Brown thing of trying to maneuver. Not even taking about the lineups, just like finding out the core. We have to remember, too, they've only been together for less than half a year. So finding out the rotation that works well, like a Jimmy and Simmons or a Tobias, JJ, and Embiid. But things with the Raptors, they only played seven guys. You, can you name three other pe- or two other people other than Ibaka that came off that bench that played well in that series? No. I think it's Brett Brown. I've never been a Brett Brown fan. I don't think he's good enough on the X's and O's. And that bench got complete. There's that is there is no bench there. Mike Scott is okay, but like he was coming off the injury, so who knows if he was 100. percent I'm, I'm disappointed they let Shamet. I don't even know Shamet. how to say his name. Shamet. I'm really upset they let him get away. That's huge. No, I mean they basically rolled the dice. Exactly. Elton Brand pretty much rolled the dice for this year because if you look at it, say Jimmy Butler and Tobias leaves, which I don't think. I think Jimmy stays. I think Tobias leaves. But say both of them leaves, that team is gutted. You're back to where you started with the process. It's Simmons and Embiid, and that's it. You can sign. You can sign some guys to come in that are average, not a Tobias and Jimmy Butler level. But you really rolled the dice. You traded away a Miami Heat peep pick for I believe it was in two years and they're going to be bad in two years the Heat like that's a very good unprotected pick the thing about Tobias Harris though that they might be able to re-sign him is because I think he he did damage to what he's going to get offered from other teams 
And going into the season, he turned down a big contract extension that the Clippers were going to give him because he wanted to show that he could earn way more than they were offering him. And he was kind of doing that in the beginning of the year with the Clippers. But when he got onto the 76ers, I think his his defense got exposed and he really hurt his what he's going to get offered from other teams. So I think he might take a one-year deal, try to try to earn some respect back on defense and, and show that he's worth that uh, max spot he thought he was worth in the beginning of the year. Cole's going to like this. You know where Tobias is from? Some Long Island. I think he's. I think he's gonna be a net. He could stay in Philly. I think he's gonna be a net next year. <laughs> you don't think he'll be good? You have D'Lo, you have Tobias, Robert. I think he'll stay at the small forward. I don't like him at the power forward spot. I don't think he's a fit for us. Really? I think it would be a great fit for you guys. He's a superstar. I don't think he's a superstar. I think if he can do what he did on the Clippers, because he has more shots, he doesn't have to play around all these superstars like Embiid and. D'Lo, D'Lo, D'Lo holds the ball a good amount. When did he hold the ball a good amount? I don't know that he's going to find his rhythm on that team. I don't think they both resign. He I, can't create his own shot. Yeah, he can. No, yeah, he absolutely he can. can. Yeah, he can. Not like the hook in that scene. But he needs to stay in rhythm or, who, or else he kind of gets cold. Who do you want then? Tobias Harris is someone you want. There's no one else out there that's going to. Someone who bought real estate in New York. I, I wouldn't overpay who for bought real estate Harris. in New York. Kevin Durant. Ooh. Ooh, no, it's no, it, Nick's. Nah, I'm not gonna start. That'd with that. be crazy with D'Lo. <laughs> but one last, I, I heard they both like the weed. Got to stay off the weed. <laughs> That's a crazy statement to make. All right, so one last topic with Game Seven. What was Embiid doing, taking jump shots the entire time? I couldn't tell you what his thought process was. Me, five seven. I should be shooting that outside shot, man. Embiid. I don't know why all these big men want to play outside. Why they want to shoot threes. If I was that height, if I was that size, I'd play down low all day. His knees um, were probably killing him. Knees are killing him, so why is he shooting threes? You need your legs he, to make threes. He should be posting up. But you, you need you play you need your knees a lot. Your knees just get beat up though, fighting on the post against Gasol. I'm sorry, that, didn't he just didn't he barely even warm up for most of the games, missed a couple games in that series? He's like, got arthritis. He, he probably has arthritis or something. Arthritis? How old is he? I mean, he's just had chronic knee That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's not good. I'm 25. I'm good. My knees hurt. It's not good. It's genetics. It's not. You're going to have arthritis soon. (laughs) To be that size and play basketball every day and be that big and try to. He's athletic, so he runs, he spins. It's a lot on his knees. And. Especially him dancing on tables during the All Star break. When you're posting really, really up, you're trying out. to you're trying to spin around. You're trying to do those moves. It it takes a toll on his knees. He definitely did not want to do that work. He wanted to try to take the jumpers. It's it's the knees, man. I don't know how long his his career is going to last. Having arthritis at that age, at this sport where he is a monster, is not going to. He's going to have to play limited minutes the entire season. Yeah. And then when he gets to the playoffs, it's not good. But are going to have to go back to the process. I've never had a big knee injury, and, like, my knees hurt just from playing basketball back-to-back. So let's get to the topic that everyone probably wants to talk about here while we're in uh, New York City with the Pelicans getting the first pick, the Grizzlies at number two, and your New York Knickerbockers at number three. Are they anyone's New York Knickerbockers? I don't think anyone in this room is a Knicks fan. Oh. Nope, not in here. All right, so this should be short. <laughs> this should be short and sweet to the point. We think the NBA rigged the drafts this year, um, kind of forcing teams to realize that tanking is not an option anymore. 
Um, I think that everyone thought the Knicks were going to get that pick. I think throwing a curveball in there for Pelicans, grabbing those. Do you have any yeah, any thoughts on it? And the Lakers yet? getting up there. The Lakers getting up there was crazy. I think they're trying to. Nah, I mean, I was gonna say. I, think they're I just think it's weird LA. that they do the. They do the lottery, but like not on TV, and then they just announce the picks on TV. It's a little weird, a little sketchy. Well, you know, Bill Simmons had a whole theory that back in the day when the envelopes, when they got Patrick Ewing to Knicks, it was the frozen envelope theory. They froze the Knicks one at first, and they put it in a bag, and the commissioner felt the cold envelope and picked it, and that's how the Knicks got the number one pick. Well, that's crazy. Oh, yeah, it's a whole, there's a whole thing about it. But um, So who's, who's going to have a better career, Zion, Ja, or RJ since? Everyone seems to be thinking RJ is going to go number three. I think Zion going to the Pelicans, um, as much as AD is a mystery, um, I think AD stays, um, realizes the team can win. That wasn't the question. That was, who has the best career? <laughs> uh, so you don't Zion. Uh, I was going to talk about that. Uh, uh, the yeah. AD combination would create his career to be the best. However, um, but everyone AD sh- doesn't want to be there. AD already asked for the trade. I, yeah, and he said this isn't changing his mind. Although, maybe maybe they change his mind. Maybe. So, Zion's your answer. Zion. All right. Long story short, Dom goes Zion. Right? Zion's the best talent, but I think Ja, combining him with uh, Jaron Jackson, that might make his career also just as good. Learn under Mike Conley, too, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Unless they get rid of Mike Both Conley. very young. Jaron Jackson's going to be an AD Wasn't type Conley player. Nah, he's got. He signed the like the biggest contract in the NBA. But I don't, I only think he has like one or two years left on that. He's contract. got like two years left. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't want to keep him for a year, let Ja learn underneath. I keep him, him for bit. half a year, trade him at the trade deadline. Gotta let Ja go. He look. I mean, listen. Fred had this huge thing about Fultz being the first, the best player in the league, being all star and stuff. We I don't, don't talk about that. What we don't talk about. Oh, that. I I will talk about it till the day I die. But, I, um, I think you. You give Ja Mike Connolly for half the season, trade Mike Connolly at the trade deadline, let Ja finish out the rest of the year. Yeah, Connolly's got a deal, his 2021 $34 million. Yeah, his deal was ridiculous when they gave it to him. Cole, what are you out of those three? Unless, think, unless you have a wild card you want to throw in there. I think uh, RJ's going to be the best out of the three. I think he's the most NBA ready wow. right now. Wow. Now, where do you... He has the most NBA skills and the best size. But where will he end up? Where? Where the Knicks traded, or will he be a Nick? Um, it's tough to say, because the Knicks are kind of crowded at that 2-3 position with young guys, with DSJ and Kevin Knox. So if they do end up trading one or both of those guys... Not necessarily for AD, because if you do that, you still want to have that young core, and you don't want to give away all, like, three young starting guards. I'm going to go Jaw, keep it short and sweet. I think the kid's unbelievable. I wasn't huge on him, because I thought it was the whole Fultz thing that he played in the bad bad conference, not too much. When we got to the tournament, what, he had a triple-double or two against some D1 big schools, and I was like, this cat can ball. But um, so let's talk about the AD thing since we were talking about before. Out of the Lakers, Knicks, and I threw in the Celtics as a homer. Um, who could offer the best package? Because the Is Lakers could offer that four pick with Ingram, Lonzo, and Kuzma. Knicks could do the three pick with Knox, Mitchell Robinson, Trier, and then the Celtics could do the number fourteen pick, Tatum, Brown, 
and then the Grizzlies top six protected for the next two years. Because it's either next year top six protected or unprotected in 2021. So out of those three, what's really the best? I got a crazy take where if the Pelicans are smart, they somehow try to finagle a three-way trade, send AD to the Knicks, get their draft pick, also get some players, send those players to another team and try to get maybe around the 10th pick and just reunite RJ, Cam Reddish, and Zion on the Pelicans. (laughs) It would be crazy if somehow they could finagle that, getting players from the Knicks, getting their draft pick, doing a three-way team trade for another draft pick, getting three first-round picks. And JJ's a free agent. Can we throw Rodney Hood in there, too? Maybe Seth Curry. Spread the whole new team. (laughs) Whole new team and convince Coach K to come out of uh, college. Jones on Minnesota. (laughs) Trey Jones is going to come. Seth An all Duke team in New Orleans. <laughs> They'd be the most hated team in the NBA. <laughs> all coached by uh, Christian Leitner. <laughs> well, no, the, Zach, the Snyder, the coach of Utah, played at Duke. Just let him coach them. It would be the full squad. Duke reunited. Get yourself to the league. Well, Cole's got a crazy theory about Brad Stevens and Duke. He's going to take over after Coach Davis. This is not happening at all. Uh, Cole, I know you you are thinking a three-way deal could happen too, but out of out of those three, any of them more appealing than the other? Uh, I think you take the Lakers pick and players that they offered you last year, and I don't know why you didn't do it last year. Well, no. I was going to say, it, didn't it turn out better for them? Because the Lakers would have tried to win way more games, so that pick sucked more. If they didn't do what they did sitting LeBron, sitting Kuzma when he got hurt, sitting Lonzo for the rest of the year, even though he was pretty hurt, and them tanking because they thought their pick was going to be better, maybe get to number one, if anything, I think it helped the Pelicans not to take that deal. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want Lonzo, and I think it's bigger than basketball between the Pelicans and the Lakers. I just think the owners have some hidden grudge. Well, They the, will not give 80 to the Lakers. The Pelicans GMs, the old Cavs one. The one that won that champion, Griffith, right? Griffith, what is his name? Griffin. Griffin. They'll Griffin leave a better offer on the table if it is from the Lakers. But I don't know. I don't. I don't like Lonzo. He's already spent two years with knee injuries. I don't think Lonzo would want Lonzo. Lavar wants Lonzo to play in New Orleans, so I think you might be able to three team and send Lonzo to New York, maybe. That'd be interesting. Also being rumored for Lonzo. The Pelicans need a three three team trade to capitalize on on this. On this situation, yeah, really make the most out of it. Hmm. Dom, any any pick you like? Uh, I think I'm gonna still stick with what I said before, even though it probably won't happen. I think there's a small chance AD does stay in New Orleans. However, um, agreeing with Rick on that one, I think he does end up a Nick. Um, I think no three-way deal, no none of that fancy stuff. I think it's gonna be a lot more simpler than it seems to be. I think um, the Knicks will definitely their option that they gave. I think that number three pick and um, Knox is like. I don't know, hit or miss with him, Mitchell. Um, I think I think AD is going to wind up being a Nick this year um, if the trades do go through. However, I'm going to stick with my guts and hope that Zion and AD do get to play together. Um, I think that's a pretty good recipe for success over there in NOLA. Hmm. All right, kind of like that. So we're going to let's wrap this up a little. Cole, let's, uh, let's get your take what you want to see out of the Nets. We finally have our own pick. In the draft. Well, hey. And it's in the middle of the draft. How long have you been waiting for this one? Uh, too long. <laughs> <laughs> Can you it's remember the, the last 
first round pick you guys had? Well, we had one last year. Oh, well, you had the Celtics picks that were always like, right? Yeah. Like, we had them. first round picks. They were just always in the 20s. So, who do you want? Who do you want at that 27th position? Well, we have two picks. We have, like, the 16th and the 27th. So, I think we should try to package them and maybe, like, a future pick and try to get into the top 10 and try to get, like, an impact power forward. Ah, so you're opponent Belichick here. Essentially. But reverse, because I'm not getting more picks. I'm giving more picks. Interesting. Our, uh, we have a great history of doing that. Our Detroit Pistons beat writers here. Rick, what would you uh what do you want the Pistons to do? Honestly, I don't even know what they would do. I don't think they're trying to win a championship anytime soon. I just think they're trying to keep enough fans in the stadium, so <laughs> who knows? Who knows what they're up to? They want a franchise in Vancouver. I was gonna say good Maybe or, a shooter. Good or, I, I would go after the best shooter I since they have Luke. Good Kennard. or bad idea. I saw like trade Kidder good or bad uh, idea to trade Blake Griffin. I would trade him for some draft picks. I wouldn't trade him for other players yet, depending on who the player is. But I would want draft picks. How about for maybe the, get a shooter in this draft so that because Luke Kennard kind of showed that he was getting a little better towards the end of the year. Yeah, for the, a sniper. The sixteenth and the twenty-seventh. <laughs> if the Nets so. want to do that again, um. So let's see. I want the Celtics. We got the fourteenth pick. I want that kid from Gonzaga, man. The Japanese kid, Rui. Rui. Give me him. Dude, any, any guy that could talk trash in Japanese and can ball, bring him on the squad. People will be like, yo, I don't even know what this guy's saying. Stuff. I think he could be a nice sleeper. I think he's very good. For the Celtics, because they always do that. I think he's very good. He's got a decent jump shot. Big dude. He's got a good post game. Could shoot the three pretty well. It's. I think he'll go sooner than the 14th pick. But if because he played a Gonzaga, small conference, Gonzaga team, only maybe there's a chance he'll fall to 14. But that that would be sick. So uh, any anyone got any last comments before we uh, wrap this bad boy up? Uh, I think you got to watch out for your bowl bowl. He just kind of went under the radar this year because he got hurt, which is what a concern is. But he has some skill, and I think he could be a steal late in the draft. If he falls. His dad was a baller. Or Taco. I'd watch out for Taco. That dude gets a little stronger, so it doesn't look as awkward when he's moving around in the court, and he can cause some damage. You want to talk about knee problems or foot problems. Does he have injury problems? No. He when, just looks awkward. When on you're the, seven, yeah. like yeah, three. Yeah, I agree. You're just... He's, he's got to get... You're asking for it. He's got to get his conditioning and strength up to, to have a good career, or any career in the NBA. Hmm. Dom, any uh, any last words? Um, I definitely um definitely banking on what Cole said about the Nets. Just to talk on that, I think um I think the team we got going into next year um can get us where we want. Obviously, this last year was very exciting to watch and play. Probably a little bit better season than some people thought. I think the picks that we do have, um, I think trading them to have maybe a top ten, top fifteen pick for the year after is definitely the move. We can get some good guys out of that draft and kind of try and build off of that. I don't see them making any crazy moves this year coming up. Um, kind of just going to ride off of D'Lo, um, Jared Allen, build up his strength a little bit down there and just get get a four, like a power forward, or just that center off the bench to be able to be a little bit more of a beefy threat as opposed to Jared Allen being more versatile on the court, rim, rim protector, alley-oops, pick and roll. 
right. And that's analysis right there. So, uh, all right, so I'm going to wrap it up for another third rotation podcast. Hopefully, no. hopefully Fred oh, could, uh, could join us next time. Not at his, uh, not at his day job. But Dom, uh, thank you for coming by. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed it. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Cole, it's been real. Gotta say, it's a lot less yelling. <laughs> a lot less wrong names going on around here. <laughs> Rick, a, a lot of. Just say, watch out for the Eagles. Great draft. Great oh off season. Great team. They suck. <laughs> Cut them off. <laughs>